This week on The Reverse Stick, Carl Ramage from the Gibraltar Hockey Association joins us to talk about the game under the gaze of Hercules. Matt has worked out the Hockey Series Open qualifying and the shirt is looking good. And welcome, you are with The Reverse Stick, the global hockey podcast. My name's John Lee, and I'm joined by Matt Allen. How are you, Matt? Yeah, I'm good, mate. We might struggle with the Trade Descriptions Act uh, from your opening line there about me working out what's going on with the Hockey Series Open, but we'll You've done a lot of research, though, I know that. I have done a lot of research, yeah. Um, John, a couple of quick questions for you. Um, Do you you know what the smallest whole number is that can be divided by any number from 1 to 9 without repeating decimals? Yeah, no. You don't? Do you know what the uh, the code for international direct calls is to, to, to the Philippines? Mm, no, not no. off the top of my head. Number of groats in a guinea in pre in British pre-decimal currency? Oh, groats to the guinea. Now, I'm pretty sure there are there are 18 nublers to the groat. Mm, maybe. Yeah. Uh, uh, what about the number of chromosomes found in the offspring of a donkey and a horse? Yeah, you got me there. Okay, well, I'm going to save the, save the pain for you. The number is 63, John. They're all oh. 63. And you know what else is 63? This is episode 63 of the Reverse Stick, the global hockey podcast. Good to be here once again. Thank you for that. Nice we're, to see you. We are all much better people for knowing that. 63 chromosomes in a horse, eh? No, a, an offspring of a donkey and a horse. A, a mule. A honky. <laughs> is it a honky? It's a dorse. It'd be, it'd be some... No, yeah. it's a mule. Huh? It's a mule. Is it? Well, there we go. We learn something new every day, don't we, ladies and gentlemen? Now, on to the hockey. Should we kick off with the news? We should. Let's do it. News. And we'd better start with the uh, Asian Games, I think. That was the wow. biggie. Wow. What, what a surprise. <laughs> it was an absolute wow. What a fantastic uh, end to the tournament. Um, start I, with men's or women's? Uh, start with the women's. I think probably okay. about an hour after um, you'd finished your interview with Jazz last week, yeah. everything had been blown out of the water. <laughs> it had. It had indeed. Um, yeah, it was a bit of a preview of, of what was going to happen that didn't turn out to be anywhere near correct at all. No, it did not. Um, let's get to the final placings on the women's side of the tournament. Um, the ninth and 10th place teams... Uh, we played off between Hong Kong and Kazakhstan on the women's side of things. Hong Kong ended up finishing ninth there after beating Kazakhstan 2-0. In the uh, 7-8th placing team uh, game, Indonesia, 2-0 winners over Taipei. Uh, so a fantastic result for the Indonesians there. They would have been stoked with that. And am I right in saying they weren't ranked before? They didn't have ranking points? No, that was points? on the men's side of right. things. They didn't have ranking points. Uh, the 5th, 6th ranking teams, uh, Malaysia uh, perhaps predictably taking that game out, although the scoreline suggests it wasn't as easy as many would have thought over Thailand, 2-0 then we get to the uh, the big games and um, well, should we start with the semi-finals first although I haven't got the semi-finals results in front of me because we're not using Altius to get these results unfortunately it wasn't an FIH tournament no, it, is, so it's it, is, it is linked on the on the TMS uh, page the but then it, then it goes directly to the Asian Games page on there yeah, which do, isn't as comprehensive as the, uh, the system used by the FIH and Altius so we'll just go with the, uh, the final medal matches uh, Japan 
We'll go with bronze medal batch first. China were 2-1 winners over Korea to snatch the bronze there. And in the gold medal match, uh, perhaps the surprise of the tournament, Japan took it out over India, 2-1. Um, I, in fact, was it that much of a surprise that Japan got up? I, I don't think so, because we saw how they performed at the World Cup, and they were desperately unlucky to go out at such yeah, an were. early stage, um, and we saw a lot of promise from them. Now, of course, I think China and India would be the two teams that would be most upset for um, not getting a gold medal there. China did make some changes to the um, the World Cup side, and it seemed to be that the Asian Games was more of a priority for them. Uh, they come away with the bronze medal. I must admit, I thought... Um the women's side of the games was more of a lottery than the men's side. Going into the tournament, I thought, you know, any of those four teams, and possibly even Malaysia, could easily have won. There's a bit of a reversal there as well from 2014. So South Korea and China actually met in the final in 2014, and South Korea won that 1-0. Um, it was a 2-1 win for China in the, the bronze medal um, playoff there. And in the bronze medal game in 2014, India were 2-1 winners over Japan. The reversal oh, wow. in the gold medal game in 2018 in Jakarta. That's spooky. You, you've been studying these numbers way too hard, haven't you? Is 63 involved in that at all? Uh, great goal on 63. Oh, no, it wouldn't be 63 minutes. We don't play 70 minutes no, anymore, do we? No, we don't. Let's stay that for another day, shall we? Uh, so uh, it was surprising in the sense that many people thought India were going to be too good, but I think overall that Japan had a very good, as you mentioned, Women's World Cup, and perhaps not with the results they would have liked. So it wasn't really the, the great boil over that the men's tournament happened to be. No, uh, and you know that that was they were the four teams where we said four out of five were going to get there. They were they were the four we were expecting to be yep, in there. Malaysia would be the only one that may have uh, sneaked in. Alas, they didn't. Now let's have a look at the men's tournament. We'll start from the bottom once again. Uh, it was uh, a two-all draw between Hong Kong and Kazakhstan for 11th and 12th place which went to the shootout, and uh, Kazakhstan got over the top there 3-2, so they've finished 11th and Hong Kong 12th. Then the 9-10 game was between Indonesia and Thailand. Indonesia, who went in without a world ranking, uh, finished 10th, losing uh, 2-1 to Thailand in that night. That's a bloody good result for a team that isn't officially ranked, to yep. come, you know... Ninth out of a twelve te- or tenth out of twelve teams. Yeah, well they've got the po- they've great. got the population and they've got the stadium. They just need to build all the infrastructure around it, don't they? They do indeed. Uh, the seven eighth placing game was between Sri Lanka and Oman, and Oman took the chocolates there. They win that game, two goals to five. Uh, six and seventh place game was played between Korea and Bangladesh. Korea uh, would have been fifth six. Sorry, yeah, Korea would have been. Rather cheesed off, I imagine, to miss that final four, and they took it out on Bangladesh, winning that game 7-0. Then we get to the interesting ones, because um, India were obviously expected to be the favourite for this tournament, and everybody thought India were going to win, especially out of the way they cruised through the round-robin events. Um, but that's not how tournament hockey works, is it? Well, you can score as many goals as you like and on the lead-up, but it's, uh, when it gets to the pointy end, you've, you've got to stick it in the back of the net, and they really did really did struggle um, against Malaysia and gee some of the some of the uh, the feedback on social media we'll get to that in uh, we'll talk more about yeah. yeah yeah but uh in the bronze medal match uh traditional rivals India and Pakistan 
Would have been a cracking game. Unfortunately, I didn't get to see it with a scoreline of two goals to one in favour of India there. So they, they grabbed the bronze medal. Well, Pakistan had a great tournament as well. They went oh, undefeated they, to, yeah. go, to go through to the, um, uh, the bronze medal match. There. As India went through undefeated as well. And they ended up playing each other for the bronze and not for the gold. Which came down to a match between Japan and Malaysia. Malaysia were excellent in getting past the Indians in the, um, the semi-final. And Japan, likewise, got over the top of an undefeated Pakistan. And what a gold medal match it was. Six all. Yeah, well, I, I jumped in with about 25 minutes to play. And Japan and Malaysia seemed to be well on top. I think they were, you know, they were 4-1, 4-2 up at one stage there. And uh, then the goals were traded back and forth. Um, Japan popped up with the equaliser at the absolute death. Go on to the, the shootout. And... Take home the chocolates. Just incredible scenes. Um, yeah, it was just just an unbelievable finish to the game. There was no way that um, you could see Japan getting back into that. And it wasn't that Malaysia were particularly poor, but yeah, Japan just turned it on. Hit, yeah, they turned it on and hit the hit the straps. Three yeah. one in the shootout there in favour of Japan. So they take away the gold medal. Malaysia would be stoked they got a medal at all I would think oh I think they'd be upset to have um, have thrown it away then so yeah they, they were 5-2 up at one stage and 6-5 up with 20 seconds left uh, left on the clock 20 seconds yeah. um, oh, Japanese coach Siegfried Eichmann uh, Siegfried Eichmann said what can I say I'm very proud of my players they achieved what was deemed the impossible and they will cherish this gold medal for the rest of their lives they never give up at the, they never give up attitude is what saw us triumph. This is such a great event for hockey in Japan as the women two won gold. Fabulous effort from Japan. They are taking up both the men's and women's and of course this is an Olympic qualifier. So that means Japan have now re qualified for the tournament they're going to be hosting. Mm. Which opened up a lovely big can of worms, didn't it? Yeah, when well, we'll talk more about oh, yeah, we that will, coming up because it's not strictly news, John. Okay, it's not strictly news. Congratulations to Japan there and to Malaysia as well on the men's side of things. A fantastic effort to take home the silver there. Yeah, they've never won gold. They've, they've, they've won a silver before. Yeah. I think 20, 2010, I think they got a silver. I think that most people would have thought Malaysia would be probably playing off for the, the... They'd be lucky to make it to the semi-finals. It was either going to be Malaysia or Korea that were going to take that last spot and... Uh, They've done well to get as far as they tw- did. Twelve goals in a in a like, in a final, just brilliant. What you know is, what a and is that enough celebratory moments for you? You know, yeah. what are world rankings, mate? Not a lot, obviously not a lot. And you know, we've got an interview coming up a little bit later on, yeah. and uh, and Carl from Gibraltar reckons uh, they've got the world rankings wrong because they're much better than sixty six. <laughs> He's talking it up there, mate. Uh, but just. The fact that after in the in the aftermath of India's loss, uh, on social media went into complete meltdown and uh, questions: How can the fifth ranked team lose to the twelfth ranked and all this whatever it was? Well, don't you want hockey where that's that happens? Do you want to think that every time a fifth place team goes in against a team that's in the top twenty, they're just going to win? Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> More to no. come. More to come from an unnamed hockey India official coming up soon. Oh, the unnamed hockey interviewer official, of course. They're back. What else have we got going? What else has been going on, Matt? What well else? done to the winners there, too. So, that's Asian Games. Tick. Tick. Uh, we're in the midst of the Hockey Series Open happening in Lusada. That's we a men's too. competition. Uh, so, European sides there. Now, um, Lusada um, has been used before as an international 
venue. I think they had World League three or four, World League four, um, a few years back there. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, back in Portugal once again. There we've got the Scots, the Russians, the better Russians, Portugal. Turkey and Gibraltar all taking part there with a couple of days play underway so far there has been a couple of days play look we'll be talking to Carl a little bit about the, the, the tournament coming up in our featured interview but uh, just quickly there's been two two rounds played so far um, in uh, yesterday's game well, do you start on day one we mentioned a little bit so it's um, probably not worthwhile going into it too much here but uh, Gibraltar up against who are ranked 66 up against uh, Belarus who are ranked 35th went down 4-3 so 20 odd spot or 40 odd spot 30 30 spots between them yeah mass was never my strong point <laughs> I'm sure I scored two goals that day uh, <laughs> yeah 30 odd spots between them and a 4-3 scoreline that's that's what hockey needs yeah sensational and they they had a good result. I think they lost five 0 to Russia, Gibraltar in the, on the opening day. They did. Uh, Russia they, they put were seventeen past Turkey. Yeah. In the second game, uh, and Turkey are ranked forty fourth. So there's a little bit what Carl has to say about world rankings and where he sees Gibraltar. Maybe there's something in in that. Um, the top two teams from this particular tournament will go through to the hockey series open or hockey series finals. Uh, Scotland are ranked 22, Russia are ranked 23, then you drop down to Belarus at 35, Portugal 36, Turkey 44, and Gibraltar at the bottom there of the ranking scale at 66. Now you'd, you'd expect Scotland, and of course they, you know, they've qualified for the, for the Euro Championships next year, you'd expect them to, um, to, to top it all off there, but they only had a 2-0 win against, um, Portugal, um, and a 7-2 win over Turkey. Now, Put that in context with that 17 goals by, by Russia. It'll be interesting to see that uh, the Scotland-Russia game. And of course, you can see these games because they're all available on the FIH yep. YouTube site, as are all of the ho- uh, hockey series open that we've been seeing so far around the world. Have you managed to catch much? Uh, of this so far, this tournament? Yeah. No, nothing at well, all. I'm I was out watching hockey last night, making some noise, and it's hockey meetings, and you know, timings yeah. aren't great for me at the moment, but I do hope to catch some before the uh, the end of the week. Hashtag live stream hockey. But we'll, more coming up on the Hockey Series Open when we have a chat to Carl very shortly. More news? Well, we've got a few things coming up, haven't we? There's a tournament, the Four Nations tournament, about to happen in Japan, um, in, at Ibaraki, I believe. Uh, not a Kakamikahara Stadium. Not a Kakamikahara Stadium, no. Um, no, not, no, it's, isn't it the um, Kawasaki Stadium at Kakamikahara? Might be. Might well be. Um, so, yeah, so four teams involved there. The Hockey Roos, they set off yesterday um, to fly over. That starts in three days' time, I believe, three or four days' time, 12th or the 13th. Uh, yeah, Japan, Korea, the US and Australia. Japan just aren't stopping, are they? They're not. They just keep playing and playing and playing by the, the looks of things. Should be a little, a good little tournament, that, because they're all fairly high-ranked teams. and Yeah, well, yeah well, very it competitive. It'll be interesting to see the Japanese side that's out in this tournament because they, they've been pretty good at sort of splitting their teams and they've got a, a fairly big pool of players involved. Speaking of news, because the Women's Champions Trophy lineup has been announced, hasn't it? Uh-huh. Um, should we go through that? Because, I mean, that, that directly is linked to these sorts of tournaments going on at the moment because I'm pretty sure Australia are there and Japan are definitely going to be there at the um, the Champions Trophy. So it's a good chance for these teams that... Well, not that they haven't seen each other plenty in the last few months. I mean, Japan and Australia have played several little series against each other. 
Yes, they have. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the 20, uh, 2018 Champions Trophy for women, the very last Champions Trophy, or is it, uh, in Changzhou, Wujin, China, from the 17th to the 25th of November. Now, remember, of course, this is an invitation tournament. I noticed that Hockey Australia uh, posted something on social media in the past couple of days saying we have accepted the invitation from the FIH to... Yeah take part in this uh, competition uh, so the teams taking part are Argentina, Australia, China, Great Britain, Japan and the Netherlands um, so in line with event qualification uh, the host China reigning World Cup and World League champions Netherlands, 2016 Olympic champions Great Britain and the previous hockey champions trophy winners Argentina all qualified automatically Tokyo 2020 hosts and recently crowned Asian champions Japan and reigning Oceania champions Australia were invited by the FIH executive board. Anybody that's going to be upset about not being there? Uh, they've basically picked one from every continent, haven't they? There's no, uh, no Germany no in there. Team. No, well, no, there's no African team. Well, there's not a lot going on in Africa at the moment, is there? We'll yeah, come which to that. Really, yeah, go on. Um, so yeah, just on, on the rankings. Well, yeah, it's, it, it's, it's going with the winners, isn't it? Of the, uh, the big tournaments there um, Netherlands currently number one England number two Australia number three Argentina number four um, so Germany number five New Zealand six Spain seven Ireland eight India nine Korea ten they all miss out China ranked 11 because they're the host they're in there Japan ranked 14th but obviously they'll rise in the rankings after the uh, the Asian Games it'd be interesting to see what sort of um, weighting that the FIH does give to the Asian Games because it's not one of their tournaments. But they've, they've given it enough waiting to to be an Olympic qualifier. Yeah, well, they? that's right. It, it's it's a pro. I, we'll get on to we're getting onto the qualifying later, so let's leave that discussion for a little yeah. bit later, shall we? Uh, some things coming up, Matt. There's the uh, hockey series open in Santiago for men and for women. That's getting underway well, a week or so away on the uh, 18th of September. On the men's side of things. Uh, Brazil ranked 26, Chile 34, Venezuela 43, Uruguay 46, Peru 58 and Bolivia who are unranked by the FIH. They'll be taking part on the men's side. For the women it's Chile uh, ranked 16, Uruguay 24, Brazil 37, Peru 39, Paraguay 58 and once again the unranked Bolivia taking part in that tournament. So good luck to those teams. I think it's the top two sides from that tournament go through as well, but I'll find out more from you very soon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and of course, uh, another men's event is uh, happening in Lahore in Pakistan. So uh, Afghanistan, Kazakhstan, Bangladesh, Oman, Qatar and Sri Lanka all taking part there. That's only just been uh, released overnight, that information. We did mention it last week, but if you go onto the FIH site to find out any details about when the games are taking place and what the schedule is, there's nothing up there so far. You'd think with 20 days or so to go before the tournament that that might be up there. Um, but, yeah, we'll talk more about that soon as well. <laughs> we will. Uh, some things coming up. We've mentioned the Sompo Cup, the Four Nations Women. There's Australian and Argentinian men are playing a couple of tests up in Darwin from the 14th of September. Lovely at that time of year up in Darwin. Be beautiful, think? yeah. Uh, there's also a Darwin International Hockey Open happening from the uh, 18th, and that's involving... The men, uh, obviously Australia and I assume Argentina are playing there. What is this? Who else is playing? Uh, Japan and Malaysia will be joining them for that little tournament. 
click on my home button and find out what else is coming up because there's plenty at the moment. We've got um, a hockey series open, as we mentioned, in Santiago and Lahore. Matches between Afghanistan and Kazakhstan are happening in Lahore for the men and matches between Germany and Belgium for the men. Uh, that's at the beginning of October. Sultan of Johor Cup is coming up from the 6th to the 13th of October. That's the 21s. Under 21 men's. And the third Youth Olympic Games will be getting underway on the 7th of October. Under 18, Hockey Fives. Yay, Hockey Fives. You are excited. More te- you? you get more teams. More teams if you only play five-a-side, mate. A uh, couple of bits. The, the big leagues are underway in Europe, Belgium, um, the Netherlands and Germany second week in, in the hoof class um, something that did just pop up on or popped up on the hockey paper um, Stitcher uh, SCHC coached by Turn De Neuer. heard of that bloke no. um, used to be a good hockey player what a player what a player probably my favourite player of all time <laughs> anyway uh they got, they had an 8-0 win over Blumendahl. Maddie Hinch in goal for them. Check this out. This is their, their lineup. They've got Carleen Dirks, Xander Ward, Kai Van Marsaka, Lorien Larink, Delfina Marina. <laughs> Far out. What a team. They'd have, uh, splashed the cash a little bit there, I would think. Yeah. Um. And Davy Hart's Kampong on the men's side. They, uh, they also played Stitcher, but they had a 7-2 win. Um. Over uh, Stitcher. Overstitcher, yeah. Oh. Uh, Rotterdam, Blumendahl and Orangi Rud, uh, all won as well, so they were unbeaten after two rounds. Uh, over in Germany, in the men's side, um, three rounds under, have gone and gone underway, you know what I mean. Uh, Mannheimer made it three from three. Uh, they've got their funny sort of two games on the weekend thing happening there, um, because obviously they played that split season and the indoor comes into play. Uh, Payat uh, and Lucas Villa, the two Argentinians, both on the scoreboard um, there for them. Uh, what else is going on? Belgium underway as well in the Audi League. Uh, Royal Ori had a win against Dragons. Uh, if you do speak Dutch, then uh, check out Studio Hockey, Ernst Bart's podcast. He's got the chairman or the president of uh, of Dragons on his uh, preview of, of the, the, the weekend's action uh, what else there, Brax to beat Antoine, I won't go through all the results with that, but uh, it's all underway all underway uh, and uh, all three of those leagues, there's a lot of imports from around the world that are involved there, so they're uh, <laughs> smelling the money and following it yeah, well, good, I, good. Oh yeah, well, that's we we need an economy. Our sport needs to grow its economy. It needs to grow it a, a lot quickly. Got any more? Uh, that's it from me for now. You're listening to the Reverse Stick, the Global Hockey Podcast. It's time now for our feature interview, and with the. Uh, current hockey series open happening in Lusada. We thought we'd catch up with someone who might be involved there, but we also thought we'd share with you an excellent hockey story. We love them here on the reverse stick, and it was great pleasure we introduced to you Carl Ramage from the Gibraltar Hockey Association. Welcome, Carl. Good morning, John. Now, Thank you for having me. Oh, Eddie, it's, I'm really looking forward to speaking to you, actually. You're in Lusada at the moment as part of the, the Hockey Series Open. You're there as a player, but you're also the president of the Gibraltar Hockey Association. 
Yeah, I am indeed. It's a tough one to figure out sometimes, uh, and I'm we wearing various caps at the same time. But I'm here as a player, um, really focusing on on what we have to do on the pitch rather than than off it. Perhaps to start with, uh, Carl, we can give people an idea of uh, you know the sort of history of hockey in in Gibraltar, um, how how you organise yourselves as well. Yeah, but hockey is, is a very popular sport in Gibraltar. We've played it since 1940s, thereabouts, uh, and it's been very much alive um, ever since. We're a very small federation, association, whatever you want to call us, uh, run by a small group of volunteers. So nobody's nobody's full time on our on our program. Everything is done on a voluntary basis. Uh, we have obviously a club system where people get involved with their clubs, but then also we have the, the national sites, as you can see, competing out here in, in Luzada. How many players have you got there? According to your website, there's about 250 of both men and women? Yeah, there's probably a bit more than that. Uh, but the reality is of players that you can pick from for the, for the national side, we're probably talking maybe 30, 30, 35 of, of players that would be eligible to represent the the, the, the national sites. Look, uh, it's fascinating that the Gibraltar story is what, about 30 to 40,000 people living in Gibraltar at the moment? Yep, there's about a population of 30, 32,000. So, uh, where do you find the space to play the game? There's, there's one uh, full size, obviously, water based pitch. And that has a small training pitch next to it as well. And everybody shares that. It's a community pitch, so everybody shares it. We don't pay to use it, which is brilliant. Uh, and all our clubs and national teams share that pitch. And we've been doing just fine for the last sort of, I think, 13, 14 years since we've had that water-based pitch. So now from no what, complaints there. What may seem to be a, a, a small pool of players, you've certainly had some achievements over the years. You've, you've been to the uh, European national finals of... Uh, into European finals a couple of times and, and a world ranking of 66 for the men that, that tends to uh, signify that you've got a far larger hockey community than you, you do Yeah, I mean traditionally we've done, we've done well in major tournaments in fact our world ranking is probably not realistic either I think if, if you may allow me to say we probably should be higher up problem is we missed <laughs> the, the world league a few years ago we didn't, we didn't enter a team uh, and so we, we significantly dropped down the rankings in, in, in the last two years. But that's something we're trying to rectify by coming out here and, and doing our best. Uh, but yeah, we've, we've always overachieved. Uh, and historically, we've had teams, certainly at club level, in the what, what used to be the old A division, playing yeah. against the likes of the German champions and, and, and what have you. Uh, in recent years, it's fair to say that that's changed a bit because I think our sport has become much more professional. And the gap between the sort of top sides and the more amateurs has, has really widened, I think, in the last few years. Where do you draw your players from, Carl? Is it um, locals or is there a lot of expats who are finding themselves in Gibraltar? Locals. Uh, the, the, some of our clubs will, will draw on, on expats. But um, certainly for the national side, all of our players are sort of born and bred uh, in Gibraltar. Uh, the, the FIH rules are quite strict in that sense. You need to have a passport to be able to play for your country, uh, for that, from that country, uh, and it's not easy to get a passport in, in Gibraltar. So whereas in the past, for example, we've, we've played uh, the likes of 
no disrespect, we've played the likes of Azerbaijan, who've had six um, former Pakistani Olympians in their side. Um, we've we've never been able to to draw on that. And what what sort of mix of people are we talking about? Uh, I imagine Gibraltar is a fairly multicultural sort of place. Yeah, very much so. Um, I mean, there's a lot of if we talk about religion, the main religion is Roman Catholic, but we have a lot of uh, a, a huge um, Jewish community. We've got a huge uh, Muslim community, uh, and everybody gets along just fine. So it's, it's very, very multicultural, absolutely. And just as a side note, it's one of the, uh, uh, the part of the pillars of Hercules in the ancient world. It must be an amazing place as well. Oh yes, it's uh, absolutely beautiful. Uh, the, the legend goes that Hercules separated um, <laughs> the pillars himself. So we're we're on the one side. I mean, on a clear day we can see well into to Morocco and Africa from 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 our from our side of the fence. Let's call it. Um, so it's yeah, it's pretty amazing. We've actually we can see three countries and two continents from our from our small place. <laughs> well, you can you can have a swim in the Mediterranean on one side and a swim in the Atlantic on the other. Absolutely, <laughs> We're, we are very lucky indeed. Mind you, you guys can't complain either. You've got lovely beaches out there as well. So. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. We've got plenty of them, that's for sure. And you know, you guys have actually shown the strength of Hercules in some ways. With the, 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 you know, I'm staggered by the resources that you have at your disposal and the performances you've you've been putting in. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think there's something to be said for for just sort of 18 guys just playing their hearts out for the for the shirts. You know, none of these. I mean, all these guys over here have had to pay their own way to get here. Wow. Uh, you know, we we get uh, some funding from our government, and we're obviously grateful for that. But the rest we have to fund ourselves, whether it be through some some fundraising activities or player sponsorships, or paying it out of your own pocket. I mean. You know, so so when it comes to putting on the shirts, all these guys are stepping out onto the pitch and they're doing it for that reason and that reason only. There's there's no other interest. Um, so when you when you got 18 guys who are willing to do that, it makes it a lot easier to to defend those colours. I think a lot of uh, coaches of club level should hear people talk like that more, Carl. You're exactly right. Um, you've also not just on the playing field though. You've provided a lot of international umpires and managers, etc., across the years as well. You, you, you know, you've been performing across the whole hockey spectrum. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've got Nathan Stagno out here, um, who obviously top umpire, was voted best umpire in the world, uh, umpire the World Cup final. <laughs> um, so the guy knows knows his hockey inside out. Uh, he's he's performing the role of team manager out here, and he's been a great help to to the management and coaching team. Um, great insight into into major events and and umpires thinking and he's really got the players thinking in, in other ways in, in training and obviously having the, the one of the best umpires in the world umpiring your training sessions is is amazing as well we can't complain <laughs> no, no. Carl did you still have any affiliation with England hockey not particularly I mean we've obviously got a, a very good relationship with England hockey but there's there's no affiliation as such no I mean we we are we come fully under the, the European Hockey Federation in our in our own rights, and within that we also come under the the, the FIH, which is obviously why we're, why we're here. And speaking of Euro hockey, you won the Club Challenge two, didn't you, in two thousand and seventeen? We got to the final, oh, ah. and 
In fact, we got to the final in 2017 and 2018. My, my club, um, when I say we, my club grammarians um, missed out on promotion in the shootout two years running. Oh, no, that's heartbreaking. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was proper, really heartbreak, heartbreaking. But hey, that's, that's hockey. How is your club scene there? You mentioned your club. How many, how many teams do you have competing? So we've got, I think, four men's clubs at the moment, and I think three ladies' clubs, and they all have junior, junior teams. Uh, and certainly for, for my club, who are currently the, the sort of top-ranked team in Gibraltar, we rely heavily on, on going across the border into Spain to play a lot of friendly matches, um, just, to, just to keep the guys going. And what about the women's side of things? How's that travelling? The women's side, in terms of club hockey, has really picked up in the last few years. We've got a lot of young, young sort of uh, 16, 17, 18 year old girls involved in, in hockey in the last few years. Uh, the flip side to that is that for the first time next year, we've entered a women's national team in the European Championships. Uh, we've never had a, a female fully fledged national side uh, competing, so that's just credit to the hard, w- hard work that the ladies have put in in the last few years. Oh, that is great. That's fantastic. Um, what about yourself, Carl? What's your hockey journey? Well, I've been playing ever since I can remember. My dad used to play. My granddad used to play. So it's very <laughs> much, as, as you guys know, hockey is very much a family, uh, a family affair. Uh, I've been very lucky. I've been able to to play with my my two brothers. So there's there's three ramage, as we say, three ramages. <laughs> Uh, in the team for the last uh, I don't know how many years certainly at club level um, but I've also been able to play with with my with my really good friends um, I went to uni played out at, at uni for a few years and then came back and and kept playing in Gibraltar at the same time I've done all my coaching um, certificates and, and courses I just recently qualified as a level 3 FIH coach after a two year program with the with a Euro hockey so that's really where I'm heading uh, I'm Going to be 35 next year. Uh, tournaments at home will probably be time to say goodbye, and then I'll, I'm really planning on stepping into coaching full time. And you've got some promising juniors coming up to pinch your spot too. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've got two young guys here playing in midfield, uh, Nicholas Pilcher and Julian Lopez, who are doing an absolutely great job. Uh, in fact, they, they, they've been the ones that have come in and I've said, right, I think uh, next year might be time for me to to say goodbye. I mean, I think I, I, I'm leaving the ship in good hands with these two, put it that way. Now, l- let's take a, a look at the tournament at the moment. The hockey series open in Lasada. It's one game under your belt already. Not a good result for you guys. Um, being beaten 5-0 by Russia. Uh, how, what are your expectations heading into this tournament? I think for us, it's um, we are very much, without disrespecting this tournament, um, we are building for next year. We've we've got a, a European Nations at home, and that is really where we want to excel. Uh, but we've come out here. We're not just here to, to make up numbers. Um, we gave Russia a game yesterday for three quarters. We were two 0 down going into the last quarter. Uh, had chances against a team that's ranked sort of 40 places above us in the world ranking so uh, I mean they were definitely in the game put it that way um, we've got Belarus today we've got Scotland tomorrow so very, two very tough matches coming up and then we've got Portugal and, and Turkey on the last two days uh, you know we've played these teams in the past and we go into them 
always looking to try and get something out of it. Uh, we've got to be realistic about what we can achieve against the likes of Scotland. We appreciate they are, you know, they, in fact Scotland have moved up to, to top level status at European level now, so they're top side at the moment. So we're realistic about what we have to do. But certainly in respect of the other matches, we, we've come here to to do as well as we can. Having said that, and this is something that I always say, uh, for me, success is not measured by, by results. The success is in the process. We've worked hard all, all summer. We've come a long way in the last few years. And for me, if I talk with my president's cap on now, we're, we're already being successful. Oh, look, we only have to look at results across uh, the hockey globe in the last few weeks, and world rankings sometimes don't necessarily mean that much. No. Hockey's a beautiful sport in that way, uh, and sometimes a lot of a lot of unexpected things can happen. Oh, absolutely. Do you, uh, what, how much international competition do you actually get? You talk about having to play club games against Portuguese sides to get some hockey in you know at the international level how often are you guys getting to, to play well that's that's a bit unfortunate for us we only we are only able to play at this stage in the official FIH and EHF events so that means we get very very little exposure to, to official international hockey yes we do play a lot of friendly matches with um, with teams that, that may come and visit uh, but but in terms of exposure it's it's very very limited. So for example, um, Gareth Henwood, who's our striker, striker at this tournament, uh, he's he's 36, I think he is. If he, he doesn't mind me saying, <laughs> he's he's only got 40 caps. He's been playing for Gibraltar since he was 15, 16. Um, so so to put it in context, if he was anywhere else in the world, he'd probably have 300 caps. Yeah, easily. Um, um, I. About 37, 38 caps. Again, I would probably be on 200 caps if I was anywhere else in in the world. Um, so it's, it's unfortunate, but uh, you know it is what it is. We just have to deal with it, make use of what we've got, and and, and go with it. So how long have you been playing international hockey? I played my first match when I was 16, just turning 17. Um, in and out of the side until I was 19, I think my memory serves me correct. And then I've pretty much been in the side since since then. Oh, that's so. That's probably 16 years playing for the for the national side. That's a pretty good career, Carl. <laughs> that's not bad. <laughs> yeah, I think when you get towards the end of your career, like I am now, you know, is when you really start to appreciate, um, you know, what you've done and 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 where you've been. Uh, you you don't appreciate it when you're 19, 20, 21. You're sort of caught up in in the moment. So you've got uh, you've got Belarus coming up a bit later today, don't you? What did, what's uh, what are the guys doing before the game? Well, how, how do you guys prepare? Well, it's it's just gone half eight in the morning here, so we're just having a bit of breakfast now. We'll go for a for a walk, uh, just to sort of mobilise a bit. Then we'll have some downtime just to put our feet up, you know, relax, get get your snacks, your whatever you want in, hydrates. We'll then have a uh, chat about the game for about maybe 30, 35 minutes uh, where we'll go through what we expect of the game, how we're going to play, just really set out uh, the game plan. Basically, um, hopefully catch a few clips from yesterday's games. We've, we've got the video. Uh, they relax a bit more and then we're off to the pitch. And then from there it's just sort of music on and just get pumped and and get out there and play, basically. And what, what have you got playing? 
in the, in the earphones. Oh my god, the youngsters are driving us crazy. <laughs> I mean, one of our players put on the Spice Girls yesterday on the bus. It was just shocking, I tell you. Uh, we we had to stop it. We had to to get rid of the of the of the speaker. Tell you, you want to be a these, good these youngsters. Their taste in music is absolutely awful. You want to be a good player if you're pumping out the Spice Girls. <laughs> the oh, absolutely not. <laughs> I mean, we we were just as shocked as as you are. It was unbelievable, I tell you. Oh dear. <laughs> Oh, look, good good luck for today and, and for the rest of the tournament. I mean, have you got a lot of support following you there? No, we've got a couple of family members who've who've come out here. Uh, oh, very grateful for that. There's about uh, five or six of the players' families have have, have come out here. Um, so always grateful to support. My wife's come out here as well. She's she's actually helping out with the with the video. You know, we're going to make use of everything we got here. Uh, oh. So always grateful for the support that we get. Uh, look, it's it's what the game's really all about. I, it's you know sometimes I wonder if all this high performance stuff doesn't get in the way of uh, what the true nature of the sport is. No, that, that's, uh, that's exactly it. I always say that's why I said before success is not in in results. I mean you've got guys out here with their families, you know, they're, they're kids coming out to watch. Uh, it's it's that's that's what our sport is all about, and I hope that really continues for a long time. So, what's next for you guys after Lasada? We'll have a couple of weeks break, uh, get the get the legs back in order, um, and then we'll we'll start our club season probably end of September, beginning of October. Uh, and then, really, the clubs will be preparing for their challenges in, and we don't know if that's going to be in Easter or. Or sort of June time, you know, with, a, with the FIH Pro League, we're not sure where the calendar's going to fall this year. Um, but once that's clear, then we, we'll plan the, the the club calendar, and then once the club calendar's sorted, we'll we'll, we'll sort out the national calendar. Uh, and that really is the main focus for certainly for the association next year is to is to really prepare for the nations tournament at home in in end of July. Okay. Did, is there any chance you guys could sneak through from this tournament? You know, could you could you pinch a couple of wins? Is that enough to get you through? The top two will qualify for the next round of the of the pro league from here. Uh, very, very, very difficult. You know, we're talking about Russia and Scotland. Mm. Uh, no disrespect to the other teams here, um, but from what I saw yesterday, uh, those two are really a level above. Everyone else here. That said, we spoke about it before. You know, hockey's a <laughs> is a beautiful game, and a, you never know what can happen. To be fair to you, every team I saw yesterday, I think including us, plays hockey. There's no one here who you say, you know, what what are they doing here? It wasn't the case at all. So it makes for for an interesting event. Oh, look, all all the best with it, and I hope you pinch a couple of wins. It'd be great to see you guys get on the scoreboard there, and um, with any luck, boost that ranking up a little bit. Oh, that's that's the plan. We appreciate that, but yep, that's the plan. Look, it's been a pleasure talking to you, Carl. Um, we're going to keep our eye on, on the fortunes of Gibraltar hockey, and if you ever need us to pass anything on to the greater hockey community, let us know. Thank you, John. We really, really appreciate it. It's been great to talk to you. And that was Carl Ramaji from the Gibraltar National Hockey Team, and of course the president of Gibraltar Hockey, um, talking all things Lusada and 
all things hockey on the rock. Rock on, John. Well, they do they do punch above their weight a lot, don't they? Well, it's obviously great passion. I did, I find it amazing. Like two hundred and fifty players. Um, that's yeah. you know, we, we've got more senior players in our own club um, than they've got for the whole country. We'd have so more marksters playing, wouldn't we? We don't. Nah, no, not quite. Not not quite. No, Across no, the no. men's and women's. Yeah. So, um, yeah, a cracking job that they're doing there and fantastic that they can get involved with tournaments like this. But, you know, hard for them to get games um, and expensive to tra- travel. I think they drove um, to Portugal. I yeah, saw yeah. Some, yeah, and did, it was like a 10 or 11 hour drive for them to, <laughs> to get there for it in the back of the van. A few of the families have gone up there to uh, to help support them as well, as Carl mentioned there. Well, obviously a big family family game there. And this, as we find as we go around the world, mm. it's the families in clubs um, that keep it all together and you know what an amazing place though i mean we we joke a little bit about that hercules sort of pillars of hercules link or whatever but it, gibraltar would be an amazing place to live and all that history around you and all that it'd just be fantastic and to see you know it's important that we keep those little outposts of playing hockey absolutely and good luck to gibraltar in the remaining games there in the hockey series open will they make it through to the finals well we'll, we'll wait and see i don't well <laughs> we did pose the question there in the interview and uh, i don't think carl's necessarily expecting them to proceed beyond this point but they've got other they've got bigger fish to fry in their own eyes they want to compete well at europe they want to be part of the european hockey scene they want to be included in the european hockey scene and it's important for them because that's the only way they're going to get games is is playing against European teams. You know they're never going to be able to afford to go elsewhere. And look at a, a guy who's who's had a, a 15, 16, 17 year international career. And how many games has he played? Yeah. One of those blokes played 40 games yeah. in 15 years. Um, you know, so that they just need competition. They just need to be playing people. But it's something that we've talked about in the past of, of, of the modern players and managing to rack up 250, 300 yeah, caps. Yeah. Well, that's not everybody when we talk about modern players, quite obviously. No, good luck to uh, those at Gibraltar. I'm sort of on their side now. We'll have to, we've got a Ghana flag, we've got a, <laughs> we've got a Gibraltar flag. We'll have to put all these little flags up that we support. Trinidad and Tobago. Trinidad and Tobago, yeah. You can have Argentina and you can have the Netherlands. Yeah. Replica shirts. Can we get a Gibraltar replica shirt? I'd proudly wear one of those. I hope it's black and white. Oh, okay, maybe not. Yeah. Um, moving on. Where shall we get to now? Because we've mentioned the hockey series open there and world rankings, etc. with Carl. And gee, they're bullshit about, <laughs> about where they should be in the world of hockey, aren't they? Well, but it, that, that comes from everybody that isn't, it isn't benefiting from the the skewed uh, yeah. rankings that are there. You know, the, the Irish have gone on about it for for quite a while now, and uh, there's always lots of questions asked about uh, how host nations can uh, host invitational tournaments and, and garner ranking, ranking points from them um, on an invitational tournament. In, yeah. You know, it's crazy. So let's go to the craziness, shall we? Well, should we should we start with hockey series open? Yeah, let's 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 yeah, do that. Because you've got it sussed, haven't you, mate? No, I haven't. <laughs> well, okay. So so far, um, so far on the women's side, uh, we've had six rounds. Sorry, that includes the the upcoming uh, Chile uh, competition. Mm-hmm. Uh, so thirty women's teams involved at this stage. 
Um, on the men's side, if you include the announcements for Lahore, that's 45 teams um, involved over three, four, five, six, seven, eight rounds. Okay, so to date we've had um, Pan Am have hosted two men's and two women's, Oceania one men's and one women's, Asia one men's and one women's, and Europe three men's and two women's. Africa, zilch, zero. Uh, so you look at at the moment these are just sides in the top 50 on the women's side Azerbaijan Croatia Trinidad and Tobago Scotland Slovenia Ghana Switzerland oh no Scotland won't be in there because they qualify straight through uh, Barbados Sri Lanka Kenya Nigeria Dominican Republic they're all top 50 not involved at any stage so far well Scotland are cause they're no Scotland are no, no, no that's the men's side I'm talking about the oh, women's, the women's side, side at the moment. Yeah, but, okay. but they they're, 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 um, they're ranked 17th yeah. um, or they were ranked 17th in April 2017 which is when it counted on whether yeah. you progressed automatically through to the hockey series finals so there's a fair few countries there that you would expect to be involved not least there is no tournament down for Africa so far um, now, South Africa qualify automatically through to the finals because of world ranking in 2017. Now, I understand. So we've had uh, announcements on uh, four venues for the hockey series finals. So on the men's side, um, coming up in June next year, France are hosting uh, in Le Toquet and Malaysia in uh, Kuala Lumpur in uh, April, May time. And on the women's side, Japan and Spain and um, are hosting so there's still one more hockey series finals venue to be announced for both the men's and the women's um, I understand South Africa have been approached uh, but have turned down the opportunity because they lost so much money hosting Hockey World League um, this is one of the problems that, that we find now you flip that around and you go okay so the latest men's tournament's been announced uh, the team's been announced to play in Lahore in Pakistan uh, are Pakistan involved John? No. No, they're not. So why the hell are they hosting this event? Um, and everybody's coming to Pakistan for it to play when Pakistan are playing Pro League and playing their games in bloody Glasgow. Well, that, that's exactly right. Even Pakistan won't play their home games at home. Um, yeah, that, that does make your head scratch. So the qualifiers we've got so far, um, and this is another thing that I struggle to understand, Salamanca um, in the men, USA and Mexico went through from a five-team competition, so uh -huh. two teams from a five-team competition in Zagreb, uh, Croatia, Austria and Wales qualified out of the five teams, two go through. And Salamanca for the women, uh, Canada and Mexico were the winners there, but Canada were already qualified through their 2017 ranking, but you know they they, they go anyway. through. That's five teams. Then we go to Singapore in the men. There were six teams competing there, but only one team qualifies, and that was Singapore, the, the winners of the tournament. Um, but on the women's side, there were six teams, and Malaysia and Thailand both qualify. So I, I don't understand the, the rationale. Uh, in France, uh, four, I think four teams played in Wachinese, um of which Belarus, Russia, and France all qualify. Port Vila for the men, Vanuatu, they qualify. Fiji for the women, they qualify from a hockey fives, fives tournament. Yeah. Um, and then finally in Vilnius, uh, Ukraine, Czech Republic and Wales for the women, they all qualify from a five team competition and Niesno, Poland and Italy qualify from a six team competition. I, d I just don't get the rationale and you can't find the information anywhere on the FIH as to um, how these uh, s slots to go into the uh, hockey series finals are being allotted 
Um, so, so far on the men, that's uh, eight qualifiers um, prior to any, any qualifiers from, from Lahore, which means we're still looking for another seven teams to make up those 15 teams from the Hockey Series Open to go through. Um, seven teams. Well, we've only got two, two more dates that are, that are up there. So are we expecting four teams from, from Pakistan to go through? Um, what is happening with Africa? Where are the opportunities for the African teams? Uh, are they going to get those opportunities? Hockey Series Open is supposed to be played in 2018. It's rapidly coming to the, you know, the end of September for dates. So they've, yep. um, they haven't got long to fit those in. Are they struggling to find a host? Who knows? Um, on the women's side, we're still looking for another four teams to um, to qualify there. So yeah, Wales, Czech Republic, Ukraine, Fiji, France, Russia, Belarus, Thailand, Malaysia, Mexico, and Canada all through there. Um, yeah, I'm not in any 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 clearer about it. What are the stats do you want, John? Uh, well, look, you've you've done a lot. I know you've done a lot of research trying to figure this out, and you've been scouring their website and all the rest. And you're just you're not an insider with a national association that's been sent some email that says don't release this to anybody this is private and confidential or whatever I've always, so, no, but I've, I've heard of people from national associations getting in touch with people in our little purple circle to say can you help us out we don't understand what's what's going on this is te- people from the national associations yeah. well we've <laughs> Well, look, it's, we've it's, been saying for quite a while now this is a hodgepodge that's just been thrown together and without any real planning to it that's the way it appears that it's just throw names up in the air and see where they land. I mean, do you think some of those sides that I've mentioned there that aren't listed and aren't playing yet have just gone, look, it's not, it's not in our budget. It's been thrown on us. Um, we just can't afford to do it oh, this time I, around. No doubt. And I, I also think there's teams going, well, we've already got stuff planned. You, you guys have come along at the last minute and said, come, you've got to be in this. And we're going, well, we've, we've got, other things on well other priorities you look Trinidad and Tobago another priority would be actually getting their turf sorted out yeah, um, well, and getting a second turf laid laid on the island they were going to rip up the old one weren't they and move it to uh, another spot on the island yeah uh, it, I, I think it's just poorly planned and and hopefully the FIH learns something from this experience and from what people are thinking and saying about it all and make improvements if it's going to happen a second time so just uh, I'll just quickly just give you those teams that are direct qualified that will be going straight through to the hockey series finals in two of the venues and one other venue to be confirmed for both men and women uh, so on the men's side uh, well naturally Japan go through mm-hmm. um uh, India, Ireland, well, Japan Can- qualified. They don't go through. They're all, they're qualified for the Olympics anyway. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, India, Ireland, Canada, Korea, Malaysia, uh, South Africa, France, China, and Egypt on the men's side. That's the nine um, to go through with the Pro League nine. And on the women's side, Korea, Spain, India, uh, South Africa, Ireland, Italy, Scotland, Poland, and Canada. That's not. Is that in the hockey series finals? That's going direct qualifiers through to the hockey series finals. And then after that, there's the Olympic qualification tournament. Yes. And then there's another Olympic qualification tournament. Well, so well, this is the interesting <laughs> thing. Well, this goes back. Well, we're going to get onto Asian Games as well. But um, uh, <laughs> now, Japan win. Yep. So does it go to the second placed? Uh, no, it's at the discretion of the FIH. Yes, well, I've got the information. And that, that's been known for a long time. That's not as if that's a secret. They've just said, oh, no, we've decided we're going to, you know, that's written down early on in the piece. So, 
let me take you through the official uh, official information here, John, and this is on the FIH uh, I'm ready. site. Uh, should the host nation Japan be highest placed in the 18th Asian Games, the second place nation does not subsequently qualify and the quota place will be allocated to the Olympic qualification events. So originally we had six Olympic qualification events due to happen. Um, uh, this will now mean that there will be seven Olympic qualification events no, happening at, after after the hockey series finals. No, it, doesn't that just mean there's an extra pla- uh, place given to that? No, there's an extra qualification game that's that's going to happen. So the teams that qualify for these matches will be as follows. Hang the, on, hang on, <laughs> hang on. So the four the four highest placed teams in the 2019 <laughs> Hockey Pro League, the two highest placed teams in each of the three hockey series finals. So those are eight team competitions that will be happening. So the top two from those. The two highest ranked teams in the FIH World Rankings as at the end of the 2019 Continental Championships. The two highest ranked teams in the FIH World Rankings as at the end... Hang on, that's exactly the same thing. Three and four. It's exactly the same text. Anyway, the 12 teams that have qualified will be drawn to play another of the teams over two matches. Um, So it now means that there's... Uh, an extra spot from the world rankings. Are you with me? No, I'm no. <laughs> not with you at all because I'm looking here. Look, if Japan is the winner of the 18th Asian Games, their place will be taken by the next highest ranked team in the FIH world ranking at the end of the 2019 Continental Championships. In this case, there will be seven qualifying events and the additional place will be allocated to the next highest ranked team in the FIH world rankings as at the end of the 2019 Continental Championships. In the event that happens, the 14 teams that have qualified will be drawn to play another of the teams over two matches. The overall winners of the two matches will qualify for the Olympic Games. Okay, look, off this graphic, we've got our hockey series open that's going on at the moment. We've got the eight, the nine automatic teams that have qualified for the three hockey series finals. Yep. Plus, we're gathering the. Uh, and that's based on 2017 15, rankings. Yeah. Yep. And. We're gathering the 15 teams that are going to qualify alongside those teams for the three events. Now, from those three hockey series finals, there will be six teams go through to a 12-team qualification. 14-team now, but yeah. Yeah, so there'll be another... Yeah, 14 teams, yeah. Uh, because of that result at the the Asian Games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there'll be 14... And then from there... Um, there will be four, um, four from the Pro League the top four in the Pro yeah, League the six from the Hockey Series Finals so from each Hockey Series Final the top two teams I'm assuming yes, will go through yeah, yeah. and the remaining from the World Rankings to make up 12 teams so there will be two teams well four now that come through from World Rankings Yeah, the highest ranked obviously that didn't qualify and uh, then you've got the six teams that qualify through their Continental Rankings yep that well, are champion, already directly qualified yeah. and all the other teams will go through the FIH qualification matches it doesn't say that's a tournament it just says qualification matches yeah it's not a tournament it's the home and away game so it's, yeah, that's it it's who, who you're drawn against so that it's the, the higher ranked team out of those teams that make it through they play against the lower the, the lowest ranked team and so on so, and so it's so a semi-final essentially if we want to look at it in turn, tournament terms, where everything leading up to the FIH qualification matches is round robin stuff. Yeah. Essentially, it's a round robin, and then when you get to the FIH qualification, you're talking about knockout. sudden death, knockout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> Honestly. Well, there was a bit of that from um, from Malaysia. I did spot um, one of the, uh, the Why Malaysian Why are we press. making it so hard? Why can't we just have a good old-fashioned qualification set up like we used to you, like football does soccer does why why do we make it so bloody difficult check this out uh, the Malaysian Hockey Confederation will appeal to the International Hockey Federation requesting for the men's team to get Asia's automatic slot to the 2020 Tokyo Olympics bad luck uh, this was revealed by MHC President Datuk Seri Subahan Kamal on Monday um, Subahan said he spoke about it with FIH Chief Executive Officer Thierry Veal in Jakarta last weekend. In my meeting with Veal, I told him that if Japan becomes champions, if can, the runners-up should be allowed to take up the automatic qualification spot for the Tokyo edition. He agreed with my opinion and said that should be the case. Now we need to take the matter to the International Olympic Committee and also get an approval from the FIH Congress, which will be held in November. Subahan said not only Malaysia are in this situation, the Indian women's team who lost to Japan in the final are also facing a similar predicament. Japan have qualified on merit as hosts, so the Olympic slots for both men and women should be given to the runner-up. I will make an appeal to the FIH as soon as possible. Look, it uh, does this is the last chance we have and we must not let it go. Did they, did they not Look, know the rules beforehand? They, they, they did, but it does beg the question about teams that are qualifying for tournaments being playing in qualification tournaments. Do you not think? Mm. You know, like, uh, if you've already qualified for a tournament, why are you playing in a qualification tournament? Why make this tournament the qualification tournament, which is beyond me, why you wouldn't just take it straight from the Asian Cup? But there's there's a lot of unanswered stuff going on here that no one seems to understand. But it's, it, it always seems to be about extra opportunities. It's, you know, it's not this is the one route for you to get this there. You oh, you it. fail at this? Right, okay, there's another opportunity yeah, here and there's another chance here. It's another chance for the higher ranked teams to, um, to, to get spots and it all, always comes back to the rankings, doesn't yeah, it? Always it does. goes. And of which a lot of people think are, are, are blatantly unfair and, well, and misrepresented. They are very easily manipulated. And, I'll tell you what, what did the, um, what did the president of the unnamed Indian Hockey oh, well, Officials it, Association well, hey, I'll, say? I'll, I'm going to give you a report here. I'm going to make sure this thing doesn't start making any noise. Um, <laughs> so this is from First Post, um, online Indian uh, newspaper. Um, and you're going to love this. This is more comments from unnamed Hockey India officials. Now, we had a lot of this at the time of the Sardar issues we did. Um, back in London. Um, a lot of people have a view. To, you know, they're very uh, very vocal, these people, but unfortunately they are, uh, they are faceless. Unnamed. Um, unnamed. So check this out. Livid with the Indian men's hockey team's unexpected failure to defend the Asian Games title, Hockey India on Friday said the World Cup will be the last chance for Chief Coach Harendra Singh and the support staff to retain their jobs. Huh? That's the, that's the opening gambit there. Um, I, I take it that unnamed Indian hockey official is including themselves in that, mm. <laughs> that group of people. Our men players have become spoilt brats. They are always busy on social media and have no regard for discipline. They should learn from athletes, shooters and badminton players, a hockey India official told PTI. Well, well what a load of crap that is for a start because Hockey India encourages their players to do that. Hockey India is one of the most visible hockey associations mm-hmm. on the bloody social media networks yeah. 
So, what a load of rubbish. They went on to say, I have no words to say. It was an awful and unexpected performance from the team. It is not acceptable at all. They have wasted hard work of two years. After scoring 76 goals against weak opponents, overconfidence let the team down, he said. That may be true. We know it was a he anyway. We know, oh. So it wasn't Elena. Uh, <laughs> the players and the team management has let the entire nation down. I mean, it's a bit bloody dramatic. Uh, with the World Cup round the corner, we can't make any changes now. But performance in the World Cup would decide the future of the players and the team management. You know, Herendra was being bloody lauded three months ago um, about the progress and how amazing and the players you know, loved his daddying approach and all that sort of stuff. Uh, the coaching staff can't shy away from the blame from top to bottom the entire management has to take the blame oh, happy birthday David John uh, they just can't sit and take away salaries against Malaysia the Indian team lacked any plan he added the Hockey India official also took a dig at the players and said they should take a cue from athletes of other disciplines um, the Hockey India official however was full of praise for the women's team uh, that at the time were in contention uh, for a gold now you're going to love this bit to follow up the Indian Olympic Association, too, oh. is fuming with the men's hockey team's dismal show, as it was expected to be a sure shot gold. OK, your friend of mine. It was shocking to say the least. I have not seen such a bad performance in the last few years. You are ranked fifth in the world, and against the side which is ranked twelfth in the world, you look clueless. This is not acceptable, said IOA President Narinda Batra, who is former chief of Hockey India. The government has been very supportive of hockey and has provided all help, but our men's team has failed to deliver when it mattered. We will concentrate on sports like athletics, badminton, shooting, and other sports which have performed beyond expectations, he added. Resign now. Resign now. Seriously? You idiot. What sort of statement is that coming from the president of the FIH demanding that a hockey program has its funding cut. Essentially, that's what he's yeah, saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. We will that concentrate on sports like athletics, badminton, shooting, and other sports which have performed beyond expectations. Time to go. Goodbye. You, honestly, that is terrible. Terrible, terrible, terrible. terrible. <laughs> Moving on, shall we? <coughs> what else have we got? I'd better play this first. You're listening to the Reverse Stick, the Global Hockey Podcast. Who else can we have a ping at? Honestly, <laughs> seriously, that's a, that is terrible that he would say something like that. It's not what we want to hear from the, in inverted well, commas, he, leader, leader of our sport. He's showing us, the hockey public, where his true allegiances lie. And it ain't with hockey. Well, I saw Goodbye. Some, I saw some photos on his Facebook page shaking hands with Thomas Bark from the uh, oh, um, IOC. And the... Founder of Alibaba.com, I think. Um, Interesting, the author of that article managed to get a quote from an unnamed hockey, India hockey official and Dr. Batra. Yeah. Mm. In the same article. (laughs) Amazing. Same conversation? Might be. Mm. Yeah, look, I think, obviously, reaction in India is always overblown. That's a given. Even the Indians understand that they always overblow their reaction. Yeah. One way or the other. So... You know, that's that's sort of knowledge. We know that's going to happen. Um, did they... Yeah, I think a bit of complacency could very easily have come into play in that particular game. It happens. That's what professional and elite sport is all about. Happens in our grade, and we're plonkers. Yeah, so, speak, speak yourself. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah what is it? <laughs> Come on. Um, 
you know what I'm talking about though on that, that side of things we want to see the 12th place team in the world being able to beat the 5th place team if if it's just a why have tournaments if that can't be the case oh, let's, be, let, let, let's be fair it's not the first time that India have failed to, to turn up <laughs> against Malaysia it's not is it no, no it's not um and, and so I, I don't see it being that, that much of a surprise. India tend to struggle against Malaysia. Um, so, you know. And sometimes teams are like that. You have a bogey team. As well as you're, you might have been playing, when you play them, there's something that doesn't work for you. Who knows? Um, but the, the response from upper echelons of Indian hockey, seriously, have a look at yourselves. Uh, yeah, who who is it, who is it coming from? That's the that, that's, thing. Yeah, well, you know, when when people are prepared to say things without putting their name to it. Do you want to hear some exciting news, John? Let's take you on to the announcement of the venues for the FIH Pro League. Over twenty oh. venues across eleven nations. Uh. Oh yeah, sorry, it's not the same nine. Sorry, I looked at, looked at you quizzically then, but. Uh, um, uh, do, 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 do. Let's have a little rundown. So Argentina, uh, their men's and women's home matches will be played across three locations in Buenos Aires um, and in Rosario and in Cordoba. Um, in Australia, uh, we'll get to see some down here in Perth. It'll also be playing in Tasmania, uh, in Melbourne and in, in, in Sydney. In, Sydney. Um, in Belgium, the men's and women's games will take place in Brussels and Antwerp. In China... They'll be playing uh, in Changzhou, Changzhou uh, which is, of course, where the Champions Trophy is taking place in Germany. Uh, Krefeld and Mönchengladbach. And in GB, um, Great Britain, the Lee Valley Hockey and Tennis Centre, obviously home of the World Cup most recently there. Uh, in New Zealand, our oh, Netherlands haven't announced all of the spots yet but there will be some games in Amsterdam New Zealand's games they'll be at uh, in Auckland and Christchurch and Hastings Pakistan yep Glasgow Glasgow thank you uh, in Spain two venues uh, Club de Campo in Madrid and uh, also in Valencia uh, we're off to Spooky Nook in the States in Lancaster Pennsylvania uh, and also Wake Forest University, which I think is the uni that uh, Melissa Gonzalez is going to coach yeah, at, isn't it, this, yeah, yeah. Uh, this, this season? Um, so there we go. That's some of those places that have been announced. Not too many more. Um, get your tickets. What's, you what's know, the I see there's... the Pro League? Sorry? What's the point of the Pro League? <laughs> no, seriously, so I'm not joking. I, I, I'm asking this it's, rhetorical question. It's, it's growing our game. Um, it's all about the hockey um, revolution. It's a hockey John. revolution, isn't yeah. it? Isn't the pro league about being the revolution of turning our game into a professional sport? Well, mm. is, is yes. that the yes. idea of yep. it? Yep. Well, why? I can only speak for our country. I don't know about other countries and how people feel about the the hosts that are going to be hosting the games there. Why are we sending a game to Tasmania? Why is why is the most popular city in our country not hosting around? They are no Sydney. Ma- yeah, Sydney is yeah, yeah. Oh, at the Olympic. So Park. we're yeah. getting yeah. four. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Bris- Brisbane misses out. Brisbane. Tasmania, Perth, Sydney. Sydney so the largest, and, uh, the largest growing population base in the country, and they don't get to hold one. We're going to send it to Tasmania. Look, uh, you know, if you're a Tasmanian, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not having a crack at Tasmania, but what, when you look at what the point of this tournament is, and what, what the FIH allegedly is trying to achieve from it, that's just silly. 
Well, whilst we're on the FIH, um, another thing on their website, uh, they're reminding all national associations that the deadline for bidding for the FIH Congress in 2020 and the FIH World Cup in 2022 is fast approaching. 28th of September is the deadline for that. There's, you know, there, so there's some planning going on, mate. There's some planning going on. Um, national associations are being encouraged to work with cities, hockey clubs, venues and other partners in order to submit, submit appealing bids for these events. The FIH will be looking for both high quality and innovative proposals which will build on the positive impact recent World Cups have had on host cities, countries and across the world. Uh, need some big bucks, with, need some big bucks. My problem with all of this is that once again it's, it's the FIH asking what we can give them. It's not the FIH telling us what they can give us. Mm-hmm. I.e., what, what, when, the, when the FIH is walk, talking to governments and stuff, what are, they, what are they telling governments that they're going to bring? I mean, I know what FIFA does. I know what FIFA tells governments. Uh, and, uh, and I know what FIFA brings when they bring a World Cup to town. Well, you know, it's, they, they reckon that 120,000 fans purchase tickets for the World Cup in London. No, are, um, they, are they unique individual visitors? Mm, no, they wouldn't be. No. No, no, no 120,000 tickets. tickets. Yeah, exactly. You know. So there's a different, that's not 120,000 people. No, but you, you know, you've got to build it up somehow. No, you, you do. Look, that's, um, and that's what we're trying to do. And, and, and so that's why you have these discussions and why we talk about it. Because if we don't, it just continues on the way it was and people continue to lose money holding hockey tournaments. Well, this is it. The, the Hockey WA suffered and is still suffering from when they hosted the Women's World Cup here, financially. Yeah. It cost them a mozza. Yeah. And they are still in trouble financially. They're still struggling because of that debt. You know, they might be able to tell you now, oh, we've wiped it off through accounting and all those sorts of things. But... Essentially, it screwed WA hockey. Well, it's not, it's and that's not why, what is the FIH going to bring? The FIH has to start bringing things to the table, like sponsors. Don't just expect us to go out and, and try and drag sponsors into an event that's going to lose money, because they're not going to be interested. No, it was interesting when the World League was in New Zealand, Sentinel Homes were yeah. the, uh, the, the main sponsors there, uh, of an international tournament. A company, they're not going to come and build a house in Australia or, no. or, or in London or, or anywhere, anywhere else. Um, they saw it as appealing for, for the, for their market locally in New Zealand. In New Zealand. Um, but absolutely no relevance is that we don't have these global brands, um, uh, talk, talking to us about these tournaments. No. And that can only come from the FIH because, you know, they, they hold, they hold, hold all the cards, don't Who's they? Who's the CEO at the moment? Sorry? Who's the CEO at the moment? Of, Thierry. Who do we used to work for? Adidas. And they're the sorts of Coca Cola. No, but we did a deal announcement about a partnership with Adidas. Uh, we spoke about I don't know six, seven and months which we ago. Took the Mickey out of. Yeah, because they weren't <laughs> they weren't offering any funds. Um, there was, was an a, par- a, par- a partnership agreement for us to be able to learn from them. Far out. Yep. Um, look. Hosting an FIH Congress is also considered a significant attraction, John, giving both established hockey countries and developing nations the opportunity to host the event. See, this is the only time the FIH does spend serious money, isn't it? Whilst some national associations (laughs) might not be in a position to host a global hockey competition, the opportunity to host a corporate event like the FIH Congress provides the perfect opportunity to showcase their country in support for the support as was experienced in Dubai in 2016. Oh, well, there's, there's thousands of hockey fans are now flocking to Dubai, aren't they? They get big, big crowds for hockey in Dubai. Do they? No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Mm, anyway, look, if you're interested, you're a nation out there, perhaps you can't host a tournament, perhaps you can't afford to host a tournament. Um, and there's the problem, John. It's just going to keep going back to the same places all the time. Um, it, you know, it'll be tournaments in London, it'll be tournaments in the Netherlands, in, We've in, in go Germany, in Belgium. That, that, that's because nothing, they, they do so little proactively to ensure that the success, as far as I can see, you have to go where it's guaranteed. Yeah. They know that they'll at least break even in London, if nothing else. Yeah. And that's, <laughs> that's where we find ourselves. It's the economy of hockey. Let us know your... And you can let us know your thoughts via... Oh, the social media. We are, of course, on Instagram, on Facebook, and on Twitter. You'll find us all at the Reverse Stick. Uh, you might want to send us an email. You can do that, John at the Reverse Stick dot net or Matt at the Reverse Stick dot net. We'd love to hear from you. Do you realise w- when we started this? Oh, we'll be done in half an hour. <laughs> <laughs> it's another hour twenty-five, folks. Sorry. Um, yeah, feedback. We had much. I've well, got a couple of a couple of other bits to get through okay. quickly. Uh, New Zealand Hockey League, uh, they'll be live streaming this weekend. Oh, good. Coming up, so we'll post the links on uh, at the Hockey Live on Twitter and on Facebook. Hashtag live stream hockey. Uh, missed out at the start. Well done to Real Club de Polo on the men's side. They were Catalonian champions over the weekend, okay. uh, beating Club Agara two nil in the final there. Um, but that's about it from me, John. Oh, I've got this big piece of paper with lots of information on there. The most important thing is, uh, how did you get on at the weekend? How did I go? Yeah. Uh, not too bad. Yeah, I did well. I think uh, 4-0 victory in a semi-final and go straight through the grand final. That's, so you, that's yeah, not bad. First, first versus second. First so versus second. the team you beat, they get another chance yep, next week. Uh, and you've, you've got a week off and can relax yep. and sort of uh, get the bodies ready for the grand final coming up. Uh, I'm really itching to get that shirt into a fourth season. Too. Itching? I'm not, oh, su- not, not surprised you're itching. <laughs> Jeez. How'd you go? Uh, a 4-1 win. Good. Yeah, fantastic. So we've got another final to play uh, this, yeah, this, this weekend. If we win that, then we're through to the grand final a week later. If we lose, that's the season done and dusted. I might have to drop myself yet. We've, uh, it's Ooh. amazing. Everybody's, uh, everyone's available come really? finals time. Isn't that strange? Oh, look, good luck on the weekend, mate. And to you. Oh, no. You, yeah, thanks, thanks very much. It. Yeah, fingers crossed. Uh, Well, we organised that ending well, didn't we? Yeah, we did. A couple of crabs.